Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federal insured by the NCUA. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. If you thought the summer was officially here, you are wrong, because we are going to be talking about Kyrie Irving today, uh, who is apparently, possibly, on his way out of Cleveland. We'll also touch on John Wall and Manu Ginobili coming back. Before we get underway, just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. You can also find us this year on iTunes, so check us out there. Subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're also being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA. It's again, the summer is here. Free agency is finally slowing down a little bit, but we're still pumping out some great content there. There's a countdown of the NBA's best players going on. Uh, Some team previews already coming out. I'm going to have fantasy previews coming out for all 30 teams in August. So check all of that out at FanRag Sports. Joining me today, as always, are my two co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? Going well. (laughs) It's good to hear. Yeah, it's going well here too, Brian, because I was right all along. Manu's staying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should we, should we just start with that? Should uh, Sarah just troll you for... Just just laugh for a solid minute. Right. Uh, it's well, the only you, news you that mattered. Just that. I'm happy now. Yeah, you would think you would have mercy. Like, you had to deal with Tim retiring last summer. Uh, I mean, none. Yeah, two of the three would Gordon be too much. Gordon has no mercy. <laughs> well, congrats, Sarah, on Manu coming Thank back. You. For it. We're very excited to see him, and we'll touch on him in a little bit. Uh, the big news, obviously, of the week 
you know, we thought summer league ended Monday, so we thought, like, finally, we're in the slow period of summer. We could just uh, start thinking about how all these moves are going to affect teams. And then, boom, Friday, uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN comes out, says Kyrie Irving has met with Dan Gilbert and requested a trade. Uh, over the coming two days, more has trickled out. Uh, he and Zach Lowe and Dave McMenamin had a huge report uh, this morning, Sunday, about kind of what led up to this. The TLDR version is basically he wants his own team. He enjoyed playing with LeBron, but he wants to be the franchise centerpiece now. Um, and he got <laughs> annoyed that they included him in some trade talks around the draft with uh, Paul George and Jimmy Butler. So, more what does Cleveland do here? So now that this this trade request is public, does mm -hmm. Cleveland have to trade him right away? Can you go into training camp with him still on the roster? I would not move him right now at all. We just saw Paul George force his way out of Indiana and look at that return. Okay, you might say Kevin Pritchard panicked and got a bad contract and a so-so player and that's it. But this is the Cleveland Cavaliers without David Griffin. So they might be just as bad. We don't know. Like the, the, at this point in time, we have absolutely no idea what kind of return they're looking for, what they're hoping for. And if, if they are going to panic, then I would just advise them not to, and then just pull off all trade talk. He's still under contract for at least this and next season. And I think he has a player option. Mm -hmm. So let's see what, it, what, you know, uh, what's going to happen because you don't want to lose him for nothing. And the return that the Bulls got for Jimmy as well, it's just not a good time to be selling off stars because you're you're getting virtually nothing in return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we should note that they, I don't know if it's official yet, but they are going to hire Kobe Altman, who is their assistant general manager. Oh, right. So he, yeah, he is effectively right. their new GM. Uh, so <laughs> they're at least not operating without a GM, unlike the past three weeks. So that's good. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation for them because, you know, it seems like even going back to the DeMarcus Cousins trade in February, that kind of set the price for what you should expect for a superstar. Uh, Cousins and Paul George both free agents in 2018. Uh, so Jimmy Butler's probably more what you're looking at in terms of a return. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we have debated about how good that package was. Obviously... You would hope for more, but three lottery picks, so who knows? Um, could you imagine being a buyer in today's market? You probably could have gotten Jimmy Butler and Paul George and might even Kyrie Irving for you know fifty cents on the dollar for everyone. Like you could have gotten a big three for very little. Yeah. Well if we, you just had the assets. Right. We don't know what Cleveland wants for Kyrie. Nothing on that front has started to trickle out yet. Um, it sounds like they're going to take their time with this. Um, and LeBron, you know, he's, he's sending the message. Like he, he's just on Instagram right now, like <laughs> just chilling out <laughs> on vacation. He doesn't care what's going on. He's kind of said like, I don't care who's on the team coming in training camp. I'm going to just do my thing. I'm still going to, you know, I'm not going to like hold out or anything. Um, Sarah, what would you do if you were the Caps? Would you... Would you trade Kyrie in the next two months, or would you feel okay going into training camp with him on the roster? I mean, obviously you don't feel great about it, uh, but this team has been through some interesting things 
uh, last year. They definitely had some moments that weren't very good. That was brought up in uh, Windhorse article that they had that really bad loss in San Antonio in, mm-hmm. I think, March, and it was one of, like, four and five games. And, you know, they had moments. Of course, you know, for them, not good is falling out of first place for a second, right. you know. But, but uh, you know, they definitely have had to deal with, with more scrutiny because that comes along with having LeBron and going to the finals all the time. So I think they can weather it. I think they can come back together. And I agree with Mort. It makes sense that you don't move him right now, being that you still do have him under contract for two more years. There's been so much movement already this summer that I think it makes sense to wait and see what you can get next summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of the route they want to go. I mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a hot take. It might be. But I kind of think you do move him this summer if you're mm-hmm. Cleveland. Because, I mean, we're all operating under the assumption that LeBron James is leaving in 2018, right? Right. So Kyrie's probably gone in 2019. Like, it's the odds are not high that he's going to re-sign there, even though Cleveland will have the financial incentive. Because, like, this roster is now barren in terms of young talent. Because, that you know, that's what you have to do for all these win-now moves. You know, you trade a bunch of future firsts away, you assemble a bunch of older complimentary players but like if LeBron leaves in 2018 and Kyrie looks at this roster and sees J.R. Smith signed on a big long-term deal Tristan Thompson signed on a big long-term deal Kevin Love able to leave I think at the same time that Kyrie can there's not much keeping him there in 2019 so you have to sure there is (laughs) what his his well his uh his wish for being the <laughs> ultimate team leader, whatever he wants to be. Because it doesn't even make sense that he wants to go elsewhere where it, it's just shit deep. Mm-hmm. He like That's one of his criteria. I want to be the man. Right. Well, if LeBron leaves in 2018, you're the man. Yeah. But you're going to be on a terrible team. Yeah, sure. But then it, that comes down to what is what is his preference. Like, he mentioned he wanted to go to the Spurs. Is he going to be the best player on the Spurs? Hell right. no. Right, right. I mean, come on. He mentioned Minnesota. He's going to be the best player there. No. Yeah. New York? Yeah, okay. Then he's going to be under Dolan, so good luck with that. I mean, none of this really... (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying that I get your thinking, Mm -hmm. and I agree with you to a certain extent, but if you're looking at what Kyrie needs or what he wants or what he's asking for, and if you believe it to be true, which, let's be honest, I'm... None of us know for sure. That's a report. We, we're not sure that Kyrie really wants the whole I want to be the man thing. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But if that is the criteria, staying put makes a hell of a lot of sense because LeBron is out of there. Yeah. I mean, I agree in that sense that, like, yeah, he'll obviously be the man, but, like, he's going to be the... Like, he's had that role in Cleveland from 2011 to 2014, and we saw how far mm-hmm. he got them. You know, it's true. He was young, though. Yeah, but, like, he's not... He's not, you know, I, I think it's debatable how well he would do as the sole superstar. I don't think he's good enough to carry a team to the playoffs by himself. And the, oh, agreed. And the core that they have left after LeBron, if and when Kevin Love leaves, is not going to be good. So, like, there are situations where he can go to elsewhere in the league where he could still be the man, but those teams still have complimentary talent more on his developmental timeline whereas if he stays in cleveland he's condemning himself to like 30 35 win seasons for the rest of his prime 
So I'm looking. I'm looking over the league's teams right now. It's actually it's not that many teams again that you have where he's just like, oh, he'd be the clear cut best player. Mm-hmm. One team I'm looking at is Miami. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. So that let, would really make a whole lot of sense. Let's, as you mentioned, let's go into his four reported teams that he wants to, you know, his preferences are <laughs> San Antonio, the Knicks, the Timberwolves, and the Heat. So let's go into the Heat first, Mort. What do you think? Wh- what do the Heat have that Cleveland would want? That's a really good question. I guess Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. I imagine, even though there are some concerns, he hasn't had the NBA career so far that we anticipated from it because that's been partly injuries. You can't trade Dion. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about Dion. <laughs> right. <Because laughs> that experiment has been tried before. Uh huh. Did not go well. Nope, sure didn't. So he would almost have to be a part of it. Dion back to the Cavs would be hilarious, by the way. And I, don't, I mean, that would. So part of this in the the wait for a while sense is like yeah, a lot of times. these guys aren't eligible to be traded until I think like December fifteenth. Yeah. So like yeah. there is you know if you're going to include a guy who got signed this summer, there is logic in waiting for that. So I, I'll give you that. But like Tyler Johnson. Yeah, but his contract goes through it's the horrible. roof next yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, Josh, like Goran Dragic. I feel like you have to include Goran Dragic just to make salaries match and to give them a point guard that they can, you know, a win now point guard. And then yeah. like Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson, maybe. But is that really enough for Kyrie Irving? Look, I mean, again, look at what Paul George got by saying he wanted to go to one team. Here, Kyrie mentions four. That's fine. I don't think it's going to end up in a bidding war. I think everyone is who's asking the Cavs, you know, for for or inquiring about Kyrie, is is also going. Look, I know what Indiana got in return. I know what Chicago got in return, and I'm not going to pay more than those other teams got paid for their acquisition of a superstar. I'm not doing it because if we're comparing Kyrie to both Jimmy and Paul George, then he's the worst of the three. Like, by far, because his defense is just non-existent. Right, yeah, um, he's not a two-way player. Right, like, at all. So, I, I would not pay through the roof here. If you offer Gord Dragic and Justice Winslow, you're getting a hell of a deal compared to what Indiana got. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to use the Jimmy Butler return as the floor, right? Because Paul George and yeah. Cousins were 2018 Kyrie is 2019, so you get two years instead of one. So is oh yeah, that's right. So Jimmy okay. Butler is you know. So you're looking at yeah, that definitely is those two because that's better. I yeah. Mean, if you look at what the Bulls got in terms of players, mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot. <laughs> right. I mean, Zach Levine. If you look at him in, in isolation, his contract is coming up. Mm-hmm. He's on an he's he's coming off an ACL tear and he played almost exclusively athletic basketball like him as a slower paced player without even function I'm not sure Chris Dunn had one of the worst rookie seasons of a top five picks in a while and then you just moved up nine spots in the draft <laughs> right yeah I mean it's not it's not much is it no I well I mean that part of it you know could just be Chicago being terrible and not you know overvaluing Chris Dunn or no, well, sure, but but still, that's the deal. Yeah. So, you know, Pat Riley is going to look at that, and he's gonna he's gonna make that point 
you know, to Altman uh, in in Cleveland, go, you know, the Bulls paid this, and mm-hmm. uh, or not, sorry, the Wolves paid this, and the Thunder paid this. I'm not gonna give up more than that. Yada yada yada. You know, he's gonna use that logic, and I can't blame him. And because I look, if you look at the Spurs, what can the Spurs offer realistically? Right. Lamarcus Aldridge right. and Patty Mills. I mean, <laughs> big whoop, right? <laughs> then you have the Knicks. What can they? What can the Knicks offer? There's no way in hell they're going to offer Kristaps. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Right. And then you're going to the Wolves, who just assembled their entire roster to make a run. There's no way in hell they're going to break you know stuff up now. So, I mean, it's just Kyrie could not have picked a worse <laughs> four yeah. teams compared to to like negotiations i mean this it might it actually might be a strategic move from him because he wants to go to miami mm-hmm. and then he just chose three teams that he knew would not get into a bidding war <laughs> right three teams that have nothing to offer sarah do you think yeah. do the do the spurs have anything that would interest the Cavs? probably not no <laughs> um I will say DeJounte murray happened to play really well in his one game in cleveland mm. and he's a clutch sports client right yeah, he, uh, yeah, he he was big and pushing transition. You could definitely see sparks there. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to give up Danny Green. I've seen a lot of people floating him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rather not lose him in any deal unless we're getting back, as you guys mentioned, somebody who can come close to bringing what he brings defensively. So, to me, that's not worth it. Um, wow, hot but, take. You don't not <laughs> you, you don't don't want to give up Danny Green for Kyrie Irving. I do. Not. <laughs> That is that's no, I mean, I, I, I respect the stance. Come yeah. on, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Hell, I'm. I mean, yeah. come on. Look, most would just go, but it's Kyrie Irving. He's a superstar. Sarah, you just you're straight up. Nope, not giving up, Danny. Nope, <laughs> don't. Don't. I would rather don't lose a guy like Patty. Of course, like you guys mentioned, you can't move Patty till December anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I don't see Cleveland wanting that. Of course, there again, we don't have any real way of knowing what they're looking for, what what they would ask for, but yeah, it's like, it's like Patty and LaMarcus and, and DeJounte, something like that. Uh, there's not much else that I personally would want to lose, so, and I wouldn't even really want to give up DeJounte, but you know, I, I could be coerced, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Spurs are out, in other words. <laughs> the Spurs just don't have, that's, I mean, that that is the kind of the point that we're trying to make here, is that the four teams that... Kyrie has on his wish list. I mean, Miami, you can talk yourself into a Goran Dragas, Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson deal, but they can't trade a pick until 2023 because they have two of those going to Phoenix from the trade to get Dragic. So if Cleveland wants... Would you want to give up Josh Richardson? I mean, I think you have to. Like, Dragic and Winslow is not enough for Kyrie. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Again, compared to what other teams got, and compared to that's kind of set the market. I get your, I get what you mean though. But Josh Richardson is a so much better shooter than what he showed last year. He's not a thirty-three percent shooter at all. I know and he's I think good. He, he's he's, I, he's really a, good. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he's like a throw-in. He's a good player. That's why you have to include him because, like, to a, a Goran Dragic. Like a, what, 31, 32-year-old Goran Dragic, and then Justice Winslow, who has been somewhat disappointing throughout his first few years in the league. Like, that's not enough for a Kyrie Irving. Like, if that's the best offer Cleveland gets, I take back everything I said about trading him now. I just think, 
I, I have more faith that there will be a bidding war for Kyrie Irving than you do, it seems. Well, I, just, I, I think that's, I think the NBA, NBA teams are looking at that return. Again, yeah. I, I know that he's worth, but I, I it's a copycat league. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that every GM right now who's going to enter like a hunt for a star is looking intensely at those Bulls and, and Pacers deals early in the summer. And, and they are telling their team, we're not paying more because then we're going to look like idiots. Right. Like, let's not underestimate the pride factor going on here. I think what what Miami could do was offer Goran Dragic and then letting the Cavs decide between Winslow and Richardson. And then maybe a protected first-round pick. In, like, 2023? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that deal if I'm the Cavs. I would, well, I, would I, would, I wouldn't have done neither of those deals beforehand. I mean, if I'm yeah, the Pacers, I would, I would not have done that deal. If I'm the Bulls, I would not have done that deal. So. Right. That's but, what I yeah. think it's going to come back to. Is yeah, It's going to be those kind of deals, and they're going to say, look, we don't have to move him right now, so we're not going to. It does make sense to start over sooner rather than later, but you know, I, just, I worry about what they're going to get offered as well. But you never know. It's definitely not going to come from those four teams he named. Maybe, yeah. like, like you guys mentioned, maybe the Suns, maybe somebody else, but... Ooh, the yeah. yeah, so I'm going to throw out, let's let's move into other teams. Because, I mean, it's great that he has preferences where he wants to get traded, but he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the Car- Carmelo situation where, like, he can really force where he goes because he can veto any other deal. And same with LeBron, mm-hmm. he, I, right? He has no-trade clause. Or no, he does not. Does he? Wait, no, Kyrie? No, LeBron. He LeBron, can't, right? uh, I think I think he has one, right? Does he? All right, well, I'm pretty sure we could look into that, but okay, regardless, Kyrie does not, so it doesn't matter where he wants to go. Cleveland should call every all 29 other teams and say, Give me your best offer. So let's go in. So the Suns are my pick for a team that I think realistically it makes sense for them to do it, and it makes sense for Cleveland to do it. So I, I hate to play the who says no game, but who says no? Cleveland gives. Kyrie Irving to the Suns. The Suns give back Eric Bledsoe, who is a clutch sports client, TJ Warren, who is going to be a restricted free agent next year and who is just getting replaced by Josh Jackson, the Miami 2018 first-round pick, which is top seven protected, and then, let's say, pick between Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I'm turning that down so quick. Are you? Why? Yes, I am. Because then I'm going to be that guy who overspent. Then I'm going to be that guy who's, who's compared to all the other GMs who got steals throughout the summer. I'm going to be that guy who just gave up the farm. I'm but not giving is up it, that. Is it's, it giving up the farm? I think so. For Kyrie, it is. Because Kyrie, I know that he's so skilled and he's so fantastic offensively. But good lord, he sucks defensively yeah so bad he is a one-way player and i'm not giving that up like you just got again i'm i'm just i'm gonna keep repeating this <laughs> right jimmy and paul george are two-way players agreed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they are they are significantly better and at that price i i don't think anyone in the nba would be willing to give up that package like i was with you and then you said one of chris and bender i was like dude that's 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 like you just handing handing Cleveland like the ultimate rebuilding package right. that none of these other teams got despite having superior players at their disposal. That's just I'm not bad I, management. Yeah, though. 
That's not like I mean if you're going for like for Phoenix mm. Eric Bledsoe is a great player. I would say he is yep. like 80% of Kyrie Irving. He is a better defender, worse shooter, has a scarier injury history. He's on a really yep. cheap contract for a few years, so he's a big asset. But you know, if you're Phoenix and you're like Phoenix has been looking to make a splash for years, right? They've been in the superstar hunt. They went after LaMarcus two years ago. They went after Blake Griffin this summer. They went after Paul Millsap for a little bit. Superstar hunt, <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, an Ill, ill-placed superstar hunt with LaMarcus. But, like, they've been going after those all-star caliber players. Now they have one in Devin Booker. Right? You know, we can expect him to become an all-star someday if he continues developing. So... Pair Devin Booker with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving gets his wish to be the face of the franchise because Devin Booker isn't quite there yet. You like you lose Bledsoe. Warren's gone anyway next summer, right? Probably. I mean, Josh Jackson, you just drafted Josh Jackson to be your starting small forward. Maybe because Warren's a restricted free agent, it's going to depress his market. You can bring him back for cheap. But, like, he's not a yeah, foundation but... of your franchise moving Agreed. forward. Uh, the Miami pick... You know, look at the East right now. Like, even if Miami misses the playoffs, they're going to be the ninth or tenth seed. So it like, you got to figure it's going to be between probably ten and twenty. And I'm leaning toward the latter side, probably somewhere in like the sixteen to twenty range. So like, not a huge loss, but for a Cleveland team that has no first round picks for you know, no good first round picks mm. for a while. That's, you know, a, a good asset for them to pick up. And then, yeah, Chris or Bender is probably the hardest pill for Phoenix to swallow. But do you need both of those guys if you're Phoenix? Like, you Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, it, if Kyrie I, I, I think Irving... Bender is... Uh, I, I do. I stick with Dragon Bender and develop him as this new age center. And then Chris showed really, really nice potential. Like, he's a good player. Yeah. And he's going to be really, really good. Um, it's it's just it it's too rich to me for me. Mm. Let me just put it that way. Okay. I would not do it. Okay, that's Sarah. Do you have any <laughs> firm feelings on this one way or the other? Oh, I wish I could be the tiebreaker, man. But that's a tough one for me. Um, I do. I I think it's a a questionable. Fit. And I think it's funny. Maybe Phoenix has misgivings about, I mean, like you said, they've been looking for an all-star the last few summers, but mm-hmm. they have time and time again picked up these point guards. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe true. they don't want to grab another point guard. Like, let's not sell off a bunch of players for another point guard. Right. Um, and, and it wouldn't necessarily, I mean, it could be a good fit, but I think Booker likes to have the ball a lot too, so... Mm. That's know. true. He does. Yeah, I, like he's more of he's more of a, like an on ball shooting guard more than I anticipated mm-hmm. coming out of Kentucky actually. Yeah, O. Watson so. was saying especially late in the season that he was putting him more on the ball because he thinks that's a role where he can thrive. But Kyrie can you know he's used to playing off the ball because he's played with LeBron for the last three years. <laughs> so like I think they could actually develop a good synergy where both of them are capable ball handlers, passers. Kyrie will probably play more on the ball than he has with LeBron, because Devin Booker is not LeBron James. Um, But they can still utilize him as a slasher, a cutter, which is good. Like, you don't want Kyrie Irving to be a Chris Paul-type point guard. Like, you want him to have the ball not in his hand sometimes. So, 
I'm still I'm going to the grave Phoenix for Kyrie, but let's talk about a few other teams. Yeah, I have one. Okay, hit me. Denver. Yeah, I was. Damn it, <laughs> I was going there next. Yep. Okay, yep. Yep. <laughs> because if there's a position they need, it's a point guard. Right. Emmanuel Moutier, I'm not even sure what position. I think he's in the wrong sport. <laughs> right. I think, I think he, he, his, he meant to go into the NFL draft, and he accidentally <laughs> walked into the NBA draft, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, didn't work out. And they are loaded at the two yeah. and the three. Mm-hmm. So a deal centered around Will Barton and one of Gary Harris or uh, Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Plus maybe a you know a, a salary throw in like Kenneth Freed. Yeah, damn it! I literally had that pull up on my trade machine. <laughs> that's my next mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think that's a clear, a clear place to go. I think you probably have to include Murray rather than Harris because Harris is going to be a restricted free agent next summer. Oh, that's fine with me because I think Harris is the better player moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. Yeah, and I mean you might have to throw in a pick as well. Um, if it's protected, heavily protected, and can never be number one, or even if it could never be top three, then I'm game. Let's see. Denver, yeah, they have all their first-round picks moving forward, so throw Yeah, in. they have plenty. Yeah. Throw they, they they actually have, like, a quiet treasure tri- chest themselves. Yeah, it looks like they have a couple, couple second-rounders, but then they're sending both of their... Uh, oh, they're sending their... 2018 second rounders to the Lakers this year. Their 2019 is one of those fake picks that is never actually getting conveyed. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like you almost might have to include both of Murray and Harris. Hopefully not. But this is this comes back to, damn, they would look a lot better if they didn't trade away Donovan Mitchell. Because if mm-hmm. you had Donovan Mitchell, then you. Could... I refrain from saying it, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, but yeah, I think Denver is a clear spot where it makes sense. Like, hell, throw in Moutier instead of, like, if you want to do Fareed, Barton, Murray, Moutier, if Cleveland thinks Moutier could be the future, fine. Oh, I just assumed that everyone knows at this point <laughs> that Moutier's future is basically where he started out, right. China. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I'm really sorry if Moutier is listening in on this podcast. It doesn't mean, it, I'm not... I'm not trying to just bury him, but he's been so awful. It's yeah. it's really it's remarkable, even. It's really hard to be a point guard if you can't shoot at all, as yeah. Michael Carter Williams has demonstrated in recent years, and now Moutier as well. I mean, he's shot under forty percent from the field both seasons so far. That's correct. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, there there he was getting benched at the end of the year for Jameer Nelson and. They were flirting around with Jamal Murray as their point guard for a little while as well. So, yeah, Denver... He has a negative win share for his career for two. Oh like, God. he's lost them two games <laughs> over the course of his career. That's spectacular. Yeah. I know uh, Mike Malone, at the beginning of the year, when he was still the starting point guard, was saying, like, he's actively killing me with all of these turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great sign for his NBA future. Um... Sarah, do you have any other ideas of teams that might be interested in Kyrie? I was just, like, racking my brain going through. A lot of the teams that could really use him just have no assets whatsoever. (laughs) Right. It's it's really sad. Um, What's disappointing to me is 
like I feel like the Timberwolves could have been a good choice, but mm-hmm. you know they just made the move for Jimmy. Of course, he may not want to go there if they hadn't just made the move for Jimmy, but mm-hmm. that kind of sucked some of their assets. And then they signed Teague, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, nah, like thinking Orlando, no. Um, <laughs> the the Bulls, uh, theoretically could could turn around and do that, but yeah, no. Um, man, you guys yeah. have any more ideas? I I'm having trouble coming up with one. I mean, I feel like the Celtics will just naturally come up in this discussion just because they have so many assets. Oh, do something God. around <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, one of their seventeen thousand picks that Danny Ainge refuses to give up. Um, I don't. Would know. the Celtics even trade for him if he only cost like a second round draft pick? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I want to give this up because oh, hashtag flexibility. <laughs> Terry Rozier for Kyrie Irving, straight up. Who says no? no? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm gonna do it. Sorry, sorry, Kobe Altman. I'm not sure. I mean, Terry Rozier, he's fantastic. I'm really in love with this guy, and and that second round pick, he'll really become someone. So. <laughs> Oh God, no! Yeah, yeah. I mean, Detroit, like as you Milwaukee? said, Sarah. Oh, Milwaukee's interesting. If you did like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I was gonna say Detroit, just because they want to get out of Reggie Jackson, but mm. I, I don't think they have the assets to right. do anything. I mean, uh, but if you want to, like. Maybe we should start over a little bit because, again, if we have to, like, gauge whether Kyrie is serious when he says he wants to be, like, the top dog on a team. Mm-hmm. Because in Milwaukee, wouldn't. Right. Either, because Giannis I'm is glad there. You, like, you went back to that, Morton, because I question whether that's really the thing. Like, why yeah. would you pick San Antonio yeah. as one of yeah. your teams? Or Minnesota, as you said. I, yeah, like, he mentioned, or not he, but, like, oh, he's buddies with Jimmy Butler. He wants to play with Jimmy Butler. Well, shit, Jimmy Butler is better than he is. So. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, you're absolutely there, Sarah. There's there's a difference, I think, between just not being the unquestioned guy or playing with LeBron, <laughs> you yeah. know? There, yeah. There's a lot that LeBron brings that maybe not necessarily other superstars bring, so... That might be more what the problem is. I, I don't know, though. It, like, it'd be nice to pick Kyrie's brain right now. Like being a co-superstar versus, like, a pure sidekick. Hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So if we if we just go off on, on a... If we ignore Kyrie's supposed wish here, let's just look for a destination that could be just a hell of a lot of fun. And I have one, even though I can't find a trade that would make it work. Mm-hmm. But good lord, would I want to see him in OKC by moving Russ to the two guard position? Whoa, whoa! <laughs> I did not if see Kyrie, that coming. If Kyrie starts at the one, Russ runs the two, and Paul George at the three, then I don't care who starts at the four or five. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what OKC. If you're not trading any of those three, what? Maybe if... Stephen Adams would be a part of it. He's got a bigger salary than Kyrie. Yeah, he does. So I feel like you would have to get a third team involved there. But that's a situation where you can offer picks, though, and I wouldn't even have a problem with doing, like, unprotected picks. Yeah. Like, if you can just get another guy there, because they they didn't give up much for Paul George. Like, most of their valuable assets are still there. Mm -hmm. Might as well see how far that can go. And if they can get out, you know, end up in in a summer 
where they get both Kyrie and Paul George. Oh my gosh. That's one hell of a job. Yeah. Like, Steph I'm Christy just would get executive of the year. We wouldn't even need to wait until next June or whatever, <laughs> whatever right. that awards show is. Milwaukee, Sarah, Milwaukee's interesting because they have, I mean, I don't think you're going to give up. You're obviously not giving up Greek Freak. I feel like you're probably, like, Cleveland's going to want Chris Middleton, but if you counter with, like, John Henson, Jabari Parker, Malcolm Brogdon, and let's see, does Milwaukee owe any picks to anyone? No. So, and, uh, whatever, top three protected first? I do that, yeah. For Cleveland? Is that well, enough? I do it for Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. Again, for Cleveland, it depends on what kind of offers are on the table. If that's the best offer, and uh, I foresee that it's the best offer coming in even until the trade deadline, mm-hmm. then I just say yeah, because Brockton is good. Yeah. He's really good. Jabari Parker, mm-hmm. he, that's that's a Zach Levine situation. Right. A guy coming off an ACL, yeah. though second ACL right. on the same knee, yep. if I'm not mistaken. So that's a little bit more significant. Mm-hmm. But. Question is though, would you guys be willing to actually take or, or give up Chris Middleton instead of Jabari Parker if that's what it comes down to? Uh, if that's the make or break, I'm trying to see if that even works. That uh, well, well, you could always fiddle fiddle yeah. with the numbers a little bit, but like get rid the of core Henson. of the issue. Uh, wait, let's see if we can throw Deli in. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be fun. No, we can't. Uh, oh wait, maybe. Uh, Let's see if we could throw Richard Jefferson in here. Yeah, there we go. You could do Chris Middleton, Delhi, and Brogdon for Kyrie and Richard Jefferson. That's legal, at least. Um, ooh. I know, right? I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I really like Chris Middleton, though. Like, I have an irrational... I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I don't think it's irrational at all. He's, he's fantastic. Right. He's one of the league's by far most underrated players. Yeah. And he's a two-way guy. I would even argue that, given his age, because he's still young, like he still has potential to actually be a better overall player than Kyrie Irving in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be anywhere near the scorer of Kyrie, but defensively, right, he's but... outstanding already. And and he can still crack eighteen. Yeah, like I know he had a bad season. He was coming off a major injury, right? And then he averaged like fifteen or something. But he's still like an 18, it could be a 20-point scorer. So then it comes down, and he's still efficient. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to what do you want. Like, mm-hmm. He's not a creator in the same sense that Kyrie is, mm-hmm. but he's a solid two-way player who can pass the ball as well. He can play pick-and-roll basketball. He can pull up. He, he can shoot. Um, yeah, yeah, he can shoot pulling up, and he can shoot off the ball, like spotting up as well. Like, There are not really any weaknesses in this game. Yeah. Hmm. Is it worth a gamble, though? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think I might be crazy, but if, I, if I'm Milwaukee, I would not do that. I would do it. I would happily do it with Jabari because, like you, I'm terrified of yep. him coming off the two ACLs. Um, yep. And like, yeah, there's still upside there. I mean, he would look great before going down. He was playing at a career best level, and you know, maybe Cleveland. Like, also coloring these trade talks is like, if I'm Cleveland. I'm not thinking about LeBron James at all. Like, I'm not building my team around him anymore. 
I'm trying to get a package where I get young players and picks because I am assuming mm. LeBron is going to leave. And, and like Don Maker? Ooh. Yeah, Milwaukee's got some pieces. They do. Yeah. The problem with them is I feel like I feel about Minnesota at the moment. I like what they're doing. So <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to want to change any of it. Right. And there's... It's almost like good teams should just not get involved because they're actually doing something that's worth keeping an eye on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're also trying to build around defense, which Kyrie would not fit <laughs> into very yeah. well. Um, Seth Part now right now is going, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Huh. That's interesting. So we'll obviously keep abreast of the latest developments in this. We will talk more, I'm sure, later in the summer or, you know, maybe next week if the Cavs pull the trigger soon. But uh, I think I'd say at the end of the day, we have come to a consensus that his four preferred teams are mostly to completely a pipe dream. Cleveland should not care about where he wants to go, shop him everywhere, and then... We'll see what happens, whether they pull the trigger now, wait to December 15th, so all the players that signed this summer are eligible to be traded as well. Um, man, I mean, it, that's a tough situation for Cleveland, but if, I, if I'm if i them, I'm not getting past the trade. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> by the trade deadline, Kyrie Irving is no longer a member of my team, and ideally I'm moving him now. Like, I'm going to go back to that Phoenix offer. If Phoenix offered that, I would take that right now go into the season and have a full training camp you know have time to get your team used to that i feel like that phoenix offer like that team would be better equipped to beat the warriors than the current Cavs. yeah which might be why phoenix is going nah because that's giving up too much yeah we want to weaken everybody we want to be stronger ourselves even take out but, a dragon yeah. bender like just eric bledsoe and tj warren Versus Kyrie, like if you, okay, I'll do that. But that was not. I mean, yeah, I you know, offered a, that and a and a and a first rounder. I mean, you were you were going all out there. Oh, no. you, were, you, you definitely have to you reverse any age. No, yeah, no, no. I'm saying even just like I'm still including both of those guys, but remove them from the conversation because you know Bender may or may not help that much. He he missed a lot of his rookie season. So if you're just thinking about like who's going to help against the Warriors. Kyrie or yeah. Eric Bledsoe and TJ Warren, I feel like a Bledsoe-Warren combo is going to be more of use against the Warriors because Warren is young. He can still play, you know, he can at least serve some minutes guarding Clay, KD, Draymond, which helps save LeBron. Eric Bledsoe is a better defender than Kyrie, and he's not, you know, obviously not as good of a shooter, but still like you can't ignore him like Steph Curry can't fall asleep on defense so I don't know all right so should we just ask I'm gonna ask this question okay and and people are gonna be like are you kidding me but if Eric Bledsoe was healthy Mm -hmm. like fully healthy no injury concerns and he was a guy you could rely on for 75 plus games a year Mm -hmm. is he not a better player and Kyrie Irving just yeah. in, in and on himself. Himself. I don't think there's a huge difference. I, I think the difference is much smaller than their respective statures would imply. Exactly. Like Bledsoe actually defends. Mm-hmm. He's a strong rebounder. Mm-hmm. He's more athletic. He's 
wiser on the ball in terms of his playmaking. He's also an underrated passer. Like people do not give him enough credit for his passing. He is he's truly remarkable in that sense. I think nobody watches Phoenix for good reason. <laughs> right. It's really a horrible team. <laughs> Um, and when he steals the ball and blocks, he also gets a hell of a lot of blocks for a 6-1 guard, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just down there on the other end immediately. I mean, I'm looking at that guy when he's healthy, and I'm seeing someone who impacts the game a lot better and a lot more, in on the positive side, of course, than Kyrie. Yeah. And they also call him Baby LeBron, or Mini LeBron. So right. you can have Mini LeBron and Real LeBron on the same roster. Daddy, I'm home! <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to another superstar point guard, John Wall. This time it's a little happier news. He signed a Supermax extension worth around four years and $170 million. The exact value won't be calculated until it kicks in because it's tied to the salary cap. Mort, do you think this was a good move for Washington? Awful move. Awful move. John Wall is just not a good player. I'm not so sure why he should ever get him. Dude, this was the most obvious thing to ever to ever have been done in human history. This was beautiful. I mean, look, 23 points a game, 11 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. Which just He's an utterly fantastic player. He finally got something that, that he deserves. Because, look, this is a guy who's not been branded virtually at all during the course of his season. Partly because of location, but but also because the team's just never made it this far. So I'm really happy for for him that at least he got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's such a good player, man. I mean, this is the guy who's what what is he right now? Twenty twenty six. He's going to be twenty seven when the season starts. This is one of those guys who I think would have MVP sort of potential for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's that good defensively, athletically offensively we saw last year that was a huge leap i mean i wonder how much that factored into washington just handing him that contract as well because if he had stayed around the 17 19 point area wouldn't would you have second guessed yourself a little bit sarah (laughs) oh maybe but ah he's just he's really good um Again, I mean the the league is stacked at the point guard position, but and you can't quite put him in the very top tier with like Steph and and, and Russ and maybe CP3, but he's right there, uh, and he's so hugely important to what they do. I don't know if those few points make that big a difference. Yeah, that you'd be doubtful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well I'm gonna. I I feel like I, this is hot take week for me because I'm gonna for it. I'm gonna offer <laughs> a minor hot take. And I'm writing about this for B-Ball Breakdown, too, but I I think it might... Like, Washington didn't have a choice, right? Like, you had to offer this contract because he was going to leave otherwise. Yeah. It could come back to bite them. And I don't say that... It, you know, I'm not saying LeBron, or John Wall is not an all-star great player, but I think if you're building around three guys on max contracts and now one of them is getting 35 percent of the cap it is impossible to build unless you have a huge cache of draft picks and young players already assembled uh look at their 2019 2020 season they are already they have four contracts on the books for 107.6 million dollars 
Yep, they it's have, expensive. They have Beal, Porter, Wall, and Eon Mahinmi, which is awful. Uh, but, <laughs> like, how do you build... Like, if you're Washington, great. You know, you made it to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. You know, you were... Realistically, like, if Cleveland implodes, you could be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Is this mm-hmm. core good enough to beat the Warriors? Bradley Beal and Otto Porter are both 24. Mm-hmm. So there's also going to be an element of internal improvement. Sure. So that needs to be factored in. I know that's not having a young guy on the bench. You have Kelly Uber. I'm not terribly excited about him, mm-hmm. however. So that that's your... <laughs> I'm putting that in quotation marks. That's your rookie right there. Right. Like the, the internal development in, in Beal and Porter. And then you go out and find deals like cheap deals good market value you have to go out and find a Seth Curry mm-hmm. which is way easier said than done right so I agree with you I think that's a very good point I would add another one to it like outside of finding like draft or getting draft picks I would scour the D League or mm-hmm. sorry G League <laughs> yeah. that's gonna take me a little while yeah, yeah. Um, to find that Yogi Ferrell as well mm-hmm. hmm. the last two guys I just mentioned are da- on, on Dallas good, good on you guys <laughs> yeah, right uh, but yeah, you, you catch my drift. Like, yeah. You need to go out and fight in cheap talent. I agree with you all the way on, on that point. I think it's doable, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's doable, for sure. Like, if you strike gold and, you know, maybe you find, you know, next year you have the 25th pick and you find an all-star caliber player who somehow slipped, like, yeah, you know, it, it could happen, but I just oh, don't... Oh, yeah, the odds are not. Yeah, the odds are not super in their favor and yeah i agree like while beal and otto can all still improve but those are three guys what do you do for the rest of the roster like you're gonna have the mid-level exception and then a bunch of veteran minimum deals and you have to build out the entire rest of the roster after 2019 should they have let otto walk i feel no no yeah like (laughs) I, i think you you re-sign all of these guys and maybe you have to flip one later like i don't blame washington for doing this but the thing i'm writing is basically i don't think there are that many players who are going to be worth the supermax i think you know we, we've talked before and we everyone's kind of saying like oh the supermax is backfiring you know demarcus cousins and jimmy butler like their teams were scared to pay them the supermax and ended up trading them i think there are going to be like five or six guys who actually deserve that kind of money. Or I, I shouldn't say deserve. Or who like will return value on that contract. Right. Like right now, I would give it to LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. And John Wall for me, by the way. And John, <laughs> and John Wall for more. But that's, that's it, I think. Like Anthony Davis could get there. Carl Anthony Towns probably will get there. Joel Embiid, if he stays healthy, would get there. But, like, at any one point, I really don't think there are going to be 15 guys worth the Supermax. So, like, if you you can qualify for the Supermax by making it onto one of the three All-NBA teams. John Wall was third third team All-NBA this past year. Hence, you qualify. Hence, he got it. And if he waited, you know, there's a chance that he doesn't make the All-NBA team next year. He wouldn't have qualified. So, good on him for taking the money. I don't begrudge him at all. He just, he's wildly underpaid for the last few years. Like, he deserves this contract. I just, I'm worried about what it's going to do to Washington in the future. And then just in a broader league perspective, 
know, I, again, I'm wondering how many guys are going to be worth that deal. I think Washington mm-hmm. is it's good in a way that he's going to be 28 when it kicks in. He has a fourth-year player option, so he could, you know, at worst he's done by age 32. So even if his game starts to decline as he gets older, it won't be a precipitous decline, hopefully. But, you know, look at a guy like Darren Williams, who, you know, around the turn of the decade, he was being talked about as... You know, who's who's the best point guard in the league? Chris Paul or Darren Williams? And then Darren Williams had a couple knee injuries, and he went from, you know, one of the best point guards in the league to massive liability. Like, I'm wondering yep. if that's, you know, that, that could happen. If that happens to John Wall, the Wizards are screwed. Well, that could happen to Russell Westbrook as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm just, I'm, yeah. Um, so I'm going to flip it on its head a little bit, because... You were, you were mentioning that you have these three guys and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jan Mahimi. <laughs> that deal is that deal is that's the one that's gonna bite them in the ass. By the way, right? Yeah. Um, but the the toughest part of assembling a roster is getting three potential stars. Mm-hmm. Let's say Otto Porter becomes a star, an all star. Mm-hmm. So you have three all stars on that roster. That has to be the toughest job in the biz to get those three type of all-stars players together if Washington did that then that's at least climbing you know over the worst part of the mountain and then you're you just have to make make it up to to the final top and that's that's also a challenge in itself like this may this might be a team that's gonna make like an eastern conference finals appearance here and there and then top out of doing that but sure hell's beat you know that beats going, you know, ninth seed oh, yeah. every other year. Yeah. So I would take that, and then I would, I would just scour the G League and hope to get a steal in the draft and do all these things that we talked about previously. Because look, at the end of the day, luck is just it's it's a necessity for winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Also, look at the Warriors right now getting KD. Mm-hmm. That how much luck did not factor into that? I mean, right. <laughs> the cap spiking, Curry's deal, everything. Right. Um, so I I think they've done well. I'm not really overly concerned about them because they have the big three. I'm not I'm not saying we should call them the big three quite yet, but I think we could get there. And then we have to figure out how to round out the roster. Yeah. And I, yeah, Jan Mahimi, that was, that was awful. Um, <laughs> also, why we have not seen those kinds of deals outside of Tim Hardaway Jr. Right. This summer. So. That's something, I guess. Yeah, teams learn their lesson, for sure. Yeah. Well, because I, I wonder how much of it is, you know, the NBA, two years ago, when they were projecting out the cap, they were saying that last summer was going to jump to around $90 million, and then the following summer, this what it turned into this summer, was going to be 108 So I'm thinking teams were planning on two massive cap jumps, one last summer and then one this summer, and then when the yeah. cap only went up to $99 million, all of a sudden, teams were like, "Uh-oh, <laughs> like we we signed right. all those deals last summer, thinking that the cap was going to jump another ten, fifteen million. It only went up five. Uh, all the contracts but, we signed last summer are, you know, jumping equally, if not more." But let's be honest. Even if the cap had jumped to five hundred million, yeah. this is a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. So was Mozgov. So was Dang. So was Noah. I mean. So, these were just bad deals, regardless of 
proposed salary change. I mean, but I, I, I catch your drift, but good lord, Jan Mahimi. Did you ever look at Jan Mahimi and think, oh, 64 million? I mean, I assembled the list of every multi-year major contract handed out last year versus this year. And uh, among the ones between 15 and 20 million, the only one I can still even remotely talk myself into is Evan Fournier, who is five years, 85. And even yeah. that doesn't look great right now. Like that's, <laughs> I could talk myself into it because he's young and he could still improve. But like he had a mediocre season this past year and $17 million a year for that guy. Like, wouldn't I rather have Andre Roberson at three years, 30? Oh, for sure. So, like, every other one, like, Bismack Biombo, four years, 72 million. Like, there there was not a single good value among, like, Alan Crabb. I love Alan Crabb, but four years, 75 for him, that's rough. Evans Herner? Yeah, Evans Herner. I mean, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we Jeez. knew that one was terrible right from the get-go. <laughs> Um, oh, we we knew a lot of deals were awful right from the get go. Let's <laughs> let's be honest here. This was that last year was just a train wreck of teams getting excited. I mean, that was just a that that was just that was so awful. I'm I'm really glad the teams wised up this year. Yeah, really, really glad. New York, <clears throat> right? Most teams, twenty nine teams most wised teams. up. Most teams, yeah. And, and I think we're gonna see a similar thing next summer too. Like right now, it's looking like. I think somewhere around half the league could be flirting with the luxury tax next summer after they re-sign their own free agents. So it's going to be a buyer's market. Like the teams that sat out these past two years or that like only signed short-term deals or that were like actively trying to preserve cap space, the Sixers, the Lakers, among others, like, the Bulls. The Bulls. That's their plan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, honest, and, and it's it's horrible. I almost don't want it to succeed because then it's just going to make them think that cap space is always a good idea <laughs> yeah right right but yeah they'll be in good position to strike that's a good point yeah. huh yeah and they that that's one reason among others to not sign levine to an extension right now wait until he becomes a restricted free agent keep his cheap cap hold on the book the thing here is with levine though they're gonna probably sit him out until the all-star break right that's not getting a whole lot of data back in how he's going to look mm-hmm because then he's going to have to adjust. Yeah. And that's going to take a while. Yeah. And I don't think if you if you you play you get him back on the court in February, I don't think that's enough time to really gauge whether you want to invest in him long term. Yeah. Well, so I I find some flaws in that. I would probably look to Christmas instead. Mhm. Hey, he's said he's going to be ready for training camp, right? But the Bulls are just going to be cautious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because they want to tank. I right. get it. But <laughs> right. I mean Getting him back at Christmas would seem like a fair compromise, and it would give the Bulls a more time to gauge what he is, and not just the Bulls, like the the NBA in general, because then they're, they're going to have an idea of okay, he's at this point um, in his recovery, he's looking like this and this and that. Oh, his his athleticism seems to be retained or something like that. So it would just be better off, right? But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if we've seen anything from this summer. Restricted free agency really does chill interest in a lot of players, so that could work in the Bulls' favor. And then also, you know, again... Oh, yeah, Nonis Noelis out there. Yeah, I know, exactly, which is crazy. And, like, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, didn't have an offer until uh, the the, uh, Pistons rescinded his qualifying offer and made him an unrestricted free agent. And even then, he only signed a one-year deal, which is insane. 
Um, all right, yeah. So John Wall, I mean, good good deal. I think we could all agree for the Wizards. I'm a little scared to see how it turns out for them, but for the next two years, they'll be fun at least until mm. <laughs> they have to replace their entire roster with minimum contract guys. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move into. We'll do. Rajon Rondo is really the only notable free agent signing of the week. He went to the Pelicans, one year, three point three million. Uh, Sarah, how do you see Rondo fitting in with <laughs> Boogie Brow and the newly re-signed Drew Holiday? Well, theoretically, he can make the big guys happy. Um... <laughs> I love that you said theoretically. That. <laughs> yeah. And that's really the only positive that I have to offer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all know about his, his shooting woes. Um, yeah, and you you built your roster around two huge guys. Thankfully, they, they could both step out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you're just asking teams to pack the paint on you. Uh, I don't know. Get in the post, bit- Rondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll throw AD out on the three point line and Rondo in the post. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a little bit of a head scratcher, but whatever. Yeah, it sounds like um, Alvin Gentry said on a recent radio appearance that he's planning on starting Rondo, putting Drew Holiday at the two. So yeah, figure, um, and then probably either Eastwan Moore or Solomon Hill at the three, and then Boogie and Brow. So. More, you, Each one more at the three. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the hell the Pelicans are doing. I guess you could also hope that, that guys like Moore and Hill um, have better years because Rondo's going to be getting them better looks. Mm-hmm. That's that's something to be optimistic about. Let's Okay, so let's talk about that for a second, okay? Yeah. Because <laughs> Yeah, because I have some numbers here. for because He played in Sacramento for a year, mm-hmm. Rashawn Rondo did. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, everyone thought, okay, he's going to get boogie shots, he's going to get Rudy Gay shots and whatever. Rudy Gay scoring went from 21.1 the year before to 17.2 the year Rondo was there. Then Rondo left, and Rudy's scoring went back up to 18.7. <laughs> his his, his uh, three-point field goal percentage was also the worst when Rondo was there. So it's just, Yeah. I, I'm not. I buying. said you could help, Martin. You just killed yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. But oh no! I mean, he's how many national TV games does the Pelicans have next year? That's really what he comes down to. Too many. Not, whatever it ends up being. <laughs> yeah. Because that those are you, if they have five, then Rondo's going to have five good games for him. <laughs> That's enough. Do you think the TNT Bulls magic will carry over and turn into the TNT Pelicans now? Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that that could be so funny if that became a Rondo thing, yeah. like TNT Rondo. Yeah. I would just that would be magical. Yeah. No, but okay. So, I get that they needed talent, and Rondo, for all his faults and all his warts, does have talent. Like he is a supremely gifted rebounder for a point guard. He does have the uncanny ability to to find players in the right spots when it pleases him. That's really the plot problem. It's the lack of motivation. When motivated, he's, he's a highly effective traditional point guard, and I suppose that does carry some value, especially for a team that has bigs that can go out and stretch the court. Having said that, he's just 
not the same player that he once was, and the Pelicans better be just crossing everything they have to to hope that he just puts up a solid season. I have my doubts. I would probably rather just start Holiday and each one more because each one more is a good player. Mm-hmm. And he just had a bad season, and then oh good lord, that three position. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably just find a G leaguer honestly because Solomon Hill is is worse. <laughs> I guess I'm going to stay with the hot takes because I'm actually kind of optimistic <laughs> about Rondo with the Pelicans. I, I, there's obviously blow-up potential. That's, you know, that's just comes with the territory with Rondo. But apparently he and Boogie got along pretty well during their one year in Sacramento together. So, you know, right now the Pelicans, they have two goals this year. Short-term goal, number one, appease Boogie at all costs. Convince him to resign. Number two... Make sure Anthony Davis stays happy so we can quash all of this Boston-Anthony Davis 2020 talk already because we can't deal with that. So if Boogie got along with Rondo and if they can coexist well together, great. That's awesome. Drew Holiday, they played him off ball, uh, I think, the last 12 or 13 games this past season. They had Tim Frazier moving into the starting lineup. Drew can play that combo guard role well. So, like... He can take some ball handling duties off of Rondo. Rondo won't need to be the full-time point guard. He can, again, kind of be like a slasher at times. Obviously not (laughs) going to shoot very much, hopefully. But, Sarah, as you mentioned, both Boogie and Brow can step out. So, I mean, really, they're going to have at least three average to above-average shooters in their starting lineup. Depends what they do at the three. Um, What's the status on Jordan Jordan Crawford, by the way? I do not know. Because he played well for him. He could be the three. I know he's just 6'4", like each one, but when you're a gunner, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I don't know. But, I, I I, mean, I'm cautiously optimistic that this will work out for New Orleans. And if not, Boogie's going to be an interesting free agent on the market next summer. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, there was some talk of Derrick Rose going to the Cavs. He had a meeting with them. He also met with the Lakers. So we'll keep an eye on that. Nerlens and the Mavs still at a standstill. Sarah, what do you make of that? Like they, it's what July twenty third now. Nerlens' agent is going on record and saying like we're basically waiting for the first real offer from Dallas. Do you think okay. it's wise for them to wait out restricted free agency, wait for the market to dry up, um, at the risk of pissing him off? Well, it's not great to piss him off, obviously, but but I do think it's not a bad idea to wait. Honestly, the way this market has been drying up, I mean, yeah, they they they're in, in a better position of leverage than he is right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just makes good business sense to to use that. Um, it will be interesting though to see how it plays out, considering. We've seen Nerland's unhappy before in <laughs> yep. Philadelphia. Uh, you know, he's, he's um, I, I want to say, well, he's a little stubborn. Uh, <laughs> everybody's entitled to their stubbornness. But, uh, yeah, so it may not work out that well for them. We'll see. But he might not have a lot of other options right now. Right. So maybe they end up with a one-year deal. I don't know. But, oh, the qualifying offer? Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, not, yeah. that's what I'm wondering about because he does have a – at somewhat lengthy injury history towards ACL while at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. His knee has continued giving him problems off and on throughout the first four years of his career. 
So it's not like an Embiid situation where, you know, <laughs> he's missed two and a half seasons and taking the qualifying offer is really risky, but that is, you know, that that's the risk. I feel like if he was totally healthy, he might have already taken the qualifying offer. But more, right. do you think you think it comes down to Nerland's taking the qualifying offer, or do you think Dallas eventually gives him something more that he's looking for? I mean, I'm going to give you 82 million reasons to wait. And that was back in 2015, Tristan Thompson. Mm. He waited, and he got a big-ass deal. He did. Five-year, 82 million. And that was before the caps spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that that's a contract still a little bit too rich for him. But that's what it is. Who knows? I mean, it's it, the nearer training cap you're going to get, the more pressure you're actually put on Dallas because then they're in need of a center. Right. What are they to do? They can't go out on the free agency market to get one because the market is dried up. Mm-hmm. Then you enter training camp, maybe a few days into training camp, and you're going, if you're Rick Carlisle, we, you know, we really need a center. We are missing someone here. It's it's not working out. Let's, let's give the guy what he wants. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, but getting a fair compromise maybe. We'll see. Um, it makes sense, though, to maybe call up other teams and have a dialogue with Nerlens and saying, well, do you want to go somewhere? We can facilitate a tri- signing trade, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. There must be a center out there on a fairly good deal who is attractive to, to Dallas, who is going to, you know, they're, they're in the both camps. Like, they're trying to win a little bit and they're trying to build up to the future so if there's a center out there that makes sense could be worth participating in some trade talks maybe Mm -hmm. not sure um robin lopez off the top of my head (laughs) yeah i like noel okay yeah no i know he's good (laughs) and and there's you know obviously the longer this goes on more and more philly people are like well sixers made a huge mistake by trading him for justin anderson and a fake first round pick but I, I don't think that's quite exactly accurate. Uh, but it does seem like he's going to get far less than the max that he seemingly thought he would. We'll just have to wait and see. I think, more as you said, this could drag on for a while. Uh, there's no yeah. there's no real incentive for either side to cave. But maybe it's it's fair, because when you look at it, the injury concerns aside, even though that's a big factor... He's he's not a two-way player. He's a defensive-minded center. He's not an you know fantastic rebounder. Mm-hmm. So there are he, he's not the, one of those guys who's like okay I'm missing one part of my game so I dominate in the other two. No, he's he's like a fairly average rebounder. He's a downright horrid offensive offensive player. It's really only the defense. And if his athleticism starts to decline a little bit, those injuries act up, then you might have another Jan Mahimi on your hands. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Nerlens Noel is far better. Nerlens, he could play with I no know, knees. I'm, I'm, <laughs> say, I, I'm saying Jan Mahimi situation. I'm not oh, saying he's the new one. No, no. But I'm saying in a situation where you've locked him up for long, yeah. and early on you figure, oh, whoops, that was a mistake. So maybe the qualifying offer if he ends up taking it, might be a blessing in disguise. Because if he turn, if he proves next season that he can uh, play a ton of minutes, there his athleticism looks fine, his body looks healthy, everything's going well, then Dallas can have a dialogue with him next summer, um, just maintain a good relationship with him, and then they can offer 
like a a max or whatever they deem worthy and then he can go oh okay it took you a year but now we're there i'll take it thanks but then he who knows he's an unrestricted free agent though he's an unrestricted yeah i know yeah. but i mean he can leave yeah that's the right. thing of course but that's the risk you're running but i mean i don't think a player which is you know hate on another team necessarily just because you know a year ago you had some poor contract negotiations yeah um i've I think it's perfectly fine that players need to earn their keep. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's. I'm very interested to see, to see how this saga turns out because they're, as we've said, the market is still drying up. But like, Alex Lan is out there. Roy Hibbert's still out there. Like, there are a few NBA caliber centers still available. Probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Roy Roy Hibbert and NBA <laughs> in the same sentence? I'm not sure. He was all star like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the worst all-star selections of all time. It was Jesus. Hey, ver- yeah. verticality, man. He made that popular. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> all right, let's wrap things up this week with some Spurs trolling. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Manu Ginobili yeah. is back. Morton, Called it. Morton has been predicting for months that he would retire. So, Sarah, uh, do you have anything you'd like to say to Morton? And then just uh, what do you think Manu's going to bring in this next season the same stuff Manu always brings uh, hopefully we, we don't have another hiccup going into the playoffs but we're not going to worry about that <laughs> um, look he's hugely important right now supposedly Pop told him look we need you and he's not wrong because you won't have Tony at the beginning of the year um, you, you really need Manu to be he's going to be your lone member of the big three coming back to kind of help the young guys out honestly it's that's huge in and of itself in in camp and not even getting to what he's going to bring on the floor in games um just to have him around to kind of instill the spurs culture help pop with that um i'm trying to remember oh i think it was with monty williams he was on a podcast recently uh, and he made the point that pop and the other coaches had to work harder this year mm. just by not having Tim around. Oh, wow. Um, mm. So I think, you know, they had to instill things a lot more and get on guys more than, and it wasn't even that Tim was even all that vocal. It's just was his presence, uh, his example, and just the way that he could bring guys along just by putting an arm around him, or what Pop has mentioned a lot. So I think just having Manu in that sense will be huge. Uh, he's going to have to take the reins of that pretty much by himself. Because I think Tony um, has come a long way as a leader as well. I think he's embraced that role. Mm-hmm. And he'll hopefully be around, but obviously won't be on the floor to start the year. So um, that's huge. And then we, we've always we, – we've yet to replace what he does off the bench uh, as a playmaker. So, you know, Patty's a good scorer, but – you know, he's not that type of playmaker. Nobody really is. There's very few people who are as creative as Manu. Mm-hmm. So that it's great to have that back. <laughs> San Antonio fans are just relieved. I, yeah. I wish y'all could have been there when I told my mom that the news had broke that he was going to come back and they were just working on details. Oh, my God. <laughs> she literally, like, like melted onto oh. the floor. And just, like, let it all out. Yeah, it was, it was incredible, but... Thank you, Manu, because it was good news that a lot of us needed, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, I don't think we've seen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the contract details have 
come out yet, so we don't no, know exactly. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of contract details not coming out, Sarah, while you trolled more about Manu, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pau Gasol also re-signed with the Spurs. Three years deal, partially guaranteed in year three. We don't know how much it's for, so it's hard to troll too hard. But more, do you have anything you'd like to say to Sarah? Wishing her uh, to enjoy Pau these next two years? Well, congratulations on getting Pau back because we don't know we don't know the contract <laughs> details and I'm but I'm sure that it's a very insignificant number. Mm. And because of that, it's a good deal. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is nice. I am because look, I had problems with Pau um last year on the Spurs because of his salary. Mm-hmm. That was just a ridiculously high amount. Mm-hmm. But he opted out and took considerably less so the Spurs could sign Rudy Gay, for example. So, what is the the hundred and twenty percent rule? Because they were over the cap, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm sure. I mean, he could earn. I mean, he can earn up to but, like sixteen, seventeen yeah. million. I mean, but he's not gonna. Yeah, I no, don't think so. No. Not at that age. No. I, he's probably settled for a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I have no problems with that at all. <laughs> but on a side note. It seems that I'm always wrong in, in pre- predicting Spurs players who are going to retire. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I'm going to ask you, Sarah, should I, should I proclaim that Tony's going to retire after the end of next season so he doesn't? Or should I say <laughs> that he won't retire so he actually does? Yeah, go ahead and say that he's not going to. Oh. No, wait, I'm sorry. No, I want Tony back. I don't want any of my guys to go. Then so. he's absolutely retiring Thank at you. the end of this <laughs> coming season. Yeah, Good oh, good man. stuff. That's a good note to end on. So just a reminder again, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all three of our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so check us out there. Subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. And you can find us this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, you two. You too. You too, guys. Uh, we'll hope that Derek Rose has been signed somewhere. Oh, man. Former <laughs> league MVP going without a contract is is pretty weird, right? Yeah, it's, it's a rough yeah. spot to be in. So hopefully we'll have some Derek Rose analysis next week. All right, take it easy, guys. You too, Brian. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. 